All right. We're here to talk about a pretty exciting summer movie coming up. Yep. God, it's, it's still just weird to me that this is like, I mean, that this is like summer season. It's only May. Yeah. That's no, I know. It's like the big first big summer movie came out in April. Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I mean, I remember when like, I think the first Iron Man movie was one of the first like May summer releases. It like came yeah. out that early in the season. Everyone was like, wow, a summer movie in May. That's crazy. And then it did like crazy box office. And yeah. Was like, oh, wow. You can do this. Okay. Yeah. Now it's April. Now it's April. Pretty soon it's going to be March. I've, yeah. I feel, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going to start seeing. Yeah. Like, you know, Avengers five, whenever it comes <laughs> out, is going to be like a like a, you know, Valentine's Day release or something. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Down with that. Um, well, I'm Bobby Navia. And I am Dorian Weinsmer. And this and this is the couch. It Welcome is. back, everybody. Woo! Uh hope you've been enjoying the last couple episodes or chit chats and Detective Pikachu. Yep. Which is out today. Out today. And then um this is episode. Or you can watch the entire movie for free on Ryan Reynolds' Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, you can. It's great. You should do it. Yeah, check it out. Um it's episode fifty-five. Fifty-five. Talking about uh John Wick three Parabellum. Yep. The trailer to John Wick 3. I want to clarify that this this movie could also be referred to as John Wick Has 3. I think that's an acceptable way to phrase the title of this film. Okay, that came up because that came up because you searched John I, Wick, right? I, yeah, like last week I typed I just typed in John Wick 3 into Google. Mm-hmm. I was just looking at like Showtimes or something like that. And in the uh, you know, the results the first page of results it has, you know, like, oh, like commonly asked questions. And one of them was, will John Wick have four? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, wait, this is a commonly asked question? <laughs> is this, this has been phrased this way. Yeah. I get they're asking, will, will there be a John Wick four? Mm-hmm. But it was literally phrased as, <laughs> will John Wick have four? And I just, yeah, was sort of charmed by this, so... If the question is, will John Wick have four, then I think it's reasonable to assume that this movie represents John Wick having three. three. Yeah. So John Wick has three. Uh, is your vote. Is my, I, have, I have two ways of referring to this film okay. that, I, that I like. I like John Wick has three because it's, it's kind of nice and elegant mm-hmm. in a dumb way. Um, but I also... <laughs> I love that the title of this movie contains a colon and a hyphen. <laughs> and I like that. And, you know, so the first one was John Wick. And right. then we went John Wick colon chapter two. Right. And then now we are John Wick colon chapter three hyphen parabellum. And I really like the idea that in addition to adding an additional subtitle uh-huh. on with each installment of this franchise, that we are also adding an additional piece of punctuation. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of, of John Wick colon chapter three hyphen parabellum. And I can't wait for John Wick colon chapter four hyphen John Wick has four semicolon <laughs> of something. I don't know. <laughs> like Endgame. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, so I'm excited to see. I, I, 
I'm excited to see this movie in general. Mm-hmm. I will say I have enjoyed the John Wick films. Yeah, we're gonna talk uh, a little bit about. We're gonna we're gonna talk about them, but uh, two. I I am I am just as excited for the prospect of a John Wick four because of the action as for the what they will do with the naming convention. Ooh, yes. I want to see where they go with this naming convention because so far this is on a really, really beautiful path towards disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so you texted me last night and you were like, "Are we gonna do John Wick for the trailer review?" Yeah. Because if so, I got I want to rewatch number two. Yeah. And I've been saying for a while that I wanted to watch both of them back to back before mm-hmm. I see this one. I wish I'd have had time to do them both. Yeah. But. And then I decided to just do that yesterday after we text each other, mm-hmm. which was really great because when I got home, I ate something and then like I fell asleep for like an hour. Mm-hmm. So when I woke up, I had this like I was like refreshed. Yeah. And I was like ready to wake. I was like, fuck, yeah, dude, I'm going to do this. <laughs> so I threw on um, <clears throat> over it. I threw on one. And I watched number one again, yeah. which was really fucking good. I, I, I like I said when I texted you after I finished watching it that I do think the last time I watched it was when you first got it on 4K, uh-huh. and um, and we watched yeah, it. At, we watched one and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and I remember liking it then, but I, I think it had just been a while since I had, you know, because uh, I think we watched it with everybody, so there was a little bit of excitement yeah in the room so being able to just sit there quietly and like watch this movie i was like just like little lines and uh you know uh all that all that kind of stuff the character of vigo the father of Mm -hmm. uh of um the kid who you know kills the dog and steals the car Mm -hmm. he's he's so fucking good in that movie yeah michael uh nivquist i think his name is Mm -hmm. the actor uh he's he's passed away since then yeah he uh wasn't he the um wasn't he in the Norwegian girl with the dragon tattoo movies? Wasn't he? Yeah, uh, Bloomquist. Yeah, Bloomquist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, right. that's who he plays. Um, but yeah, the first movie is still great. It's still awesome. Um, the first movie for me, as it compares to the second one, it does feel like uh, <clears throat> I think it just like flows into the second one pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like aside from like an obvious like clearly Keanu Reeves's hair has grown. Uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit, which I would I would argue is probably the only continuity issue I have maybe with uh-huh. with one to two. Like two feels like it it happens like right right after like number one. Like maybe Yeah, because he like just goes to find his car after find that. Find his yeah. car. Right, right, right. And I totally forgot at number two that um what's that actor's name who plays Vigo's brother? Oh, Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude. I totally forgot he was in the movie. Yeah. And I was like I was Almost, uh, I almost wanted to just like live text you as I was watching number two mm-hmm. and just be like, We just got to get like Peter Stormare. Oh, something. he's great in that. He when just he's telling them, he's like, Killed three guys with a pencil. And they're <laughs> like, he, They're like, Yeah, we've heard the story. He's like, With a fucking pencil. <laughs> yeah. Like, who the fuck does yeah. that? And then you watch him murder some people with pencil Pencils, later yeah. in the movie. Yeah, which was a nice touch. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, he had a nice little cameo. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, that opening action scene is fucking awesome. Too. It's really good. It's really I good. I don't know why I didn't I um I, I didn't pay attention too much to it, but in the beginning of um, number two, there's the uh, there's all the sound effects uh, in the opening like cityscape mm-hmm. uh, images and everything. Yeah, and then it goes to a uh, projection of like a Buster Keaton movie yeah, on, on the, the side, side of a wall, wall. and um, I just like the the contrastiness of like John Wick being like. A Buster Keaton movie, almost, yeah. you know, uh, uh, given the the action sequence that happens after that 
that uh, mm-hmm. that that clip that's on the wall. Yeah. Um, so I thought I liked that little. Yeah, no, that little nod. That's really yeah. It's a really nice way to start the film. It's a really cool just opening shot and stuff as well. But yeah, no, I mean, and, and again, like kind of like we were talking about uh, last week with, excuse me, Detective Pikachu. It's it's one of those things that just kind of gives you like. It just lends the filmmaker an air of credibility. It's like they know where they're coming from, you know? Yes. It's like, yes, Buster, yes, we're doing like an intense action scene, you know, movie where tons of people are going to get murdered. Right. Which on the surface doesn't sound anything like Buster Keaton. No. <laughs> but the core of like how we do this stuff on film mm-hmm. and like the way that we have to like train our eyes to like look for how to convey this stuff visually as like an action gag. Right. He invented that whole fucking vocabulary. Right. Like, you know, all of that comes from Keaton mm-hmm. and Chaplin and like Harold Lloyd, like those three guys back, you know, in the 20s, 30s, 40s when they were making films. I mean, they defined all of that stuff for all of us to like every movie you see that relies on any of that type of stuff owes a debt of gratitude. Yeah. You know, to yeah. those guys. And it's cool to see a movie like this actually acknowledge it. Yeah. Right from the get right at the opening, right, yeah. you know, to just say and. And there were, you know, there are some uh, some moments in that movie, too, where I was watching it and, um, you know, really having, you know, yeah, uh, recently watched some Buster Keaton and like Jackie Chan and Edgar Wright oh, yeah, and these right. guys who do like a lot of visual comedy. And mm-hmm. like, you know, the uh, when I, I was telling you, too, when I was watching those musicals and stuff, preparing for that music video, oh, like yeah, musicals yeah, yeah. And visual comedies, I was like. This is like the closest thing that I can compare this to in the film world is like a martial arts film. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just the way everything is constructed and the way that like it has to communicate its ideas to you. Right. And, um, you know, the sort of precision that it takes to find like just the right camera angle to make this joke work. Right. You know, or this gag work, whether it be like, yeah, whether it be a, a, a joke where, you know, Buster Keaton's running out and jumping onto the back of a car and holding onto this tire and the car drives off and then you realize the tire is on its own like freestanding platform. So mm-hmm. the car drives off and he's left there by himself. Right. You know, like whether it be that gag or, yeah, taking a pencil and holding it against a wall while you jam a guy's head into it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there are very specific camera angles that will not work for that. Yes. You know, where you will completely lose what's happening, how this information is being conveyed, what the punchline is, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there are other camera angles that will make it perfect and have all the impact you need and you'll laugh your ass off or cringe or whatever the desired effect is. But, right. You know, at the at its core con- conceptual level, like, you know, those two things are no different from each other. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just really, really nice way to kind of start the film off just on that note. I um, going back to if anybody has listened to Chit Chat Part Two, Dorian's got a nice little bit about uh, police story in there, which you're referencing oh, goddamn. to right now. Be so good. But one of the things <laughs> I started noticing, because I think for the purposes of this conversation, we'll probably talk a little bit more about John Wick 2. Mm-hmm. And then going into the to the trailer review, but uh, I started looking at like how a lot of like the action scenes were shot in uh, John Wick Two, mm-hmm. and how a lot of them are. There's close-ups here and there, but I, I didn't feel like there were a lot of like you know detailed close-ups. No, there's not. Right? Yeah. So everything is it's very wide, and there's a few shots. I actually started. Uh, I had like your voice in my head while I was watching <laughs> some of the hand-to-hand combat because mm-hmm. I was trying to look at if the punches land yeah. and if this land and it, I noticed it quite a bit when he was uh, fighting uh, Cassian mm-hmm. uh, Commons character on the train that there were parts where the 
the camera angle was left a bit wide so you could see him like punch his chest yeah. or you know uh and then the maybe the bit more intense parts the in- more intense punches is where like there was an edit and it was a cut mm-hmm. you know here or there or whatever but um i started uh, clearly like all like the gun stuff is is done pretty wide mm-hmm. you know so that you can see um what's going on but i also i found it interesting from the first one there's the sequence in the house when uh, the hit team goes goes in to try and kill Wick and he takes them all out mm-hmm. to where when he's in the catacombs in this one, a majority of that stuff is like people coming into frame. Yeah. Not people coming at him like with Wick's back facing like us, the viewer. Right. You know, yeah, and I yeah. thought that was like an interesting choice for like an action sequence. And I actually totally forgot that that sequence happens like that mm-hmm. where where people are coming in the frame. <laughs> He's yeah. taking everybody out. I'm, yeah, no, I'm glad you, you brought actually that sequence up. Because, okay. Yeah, so I rewatched John Wick 2 yesterday. Because okay. seen, I've seen the first one a couple of times. Okay. I remember I watched it like, I don't know, when it first went on like VOD. Because I just, it was one of those things that I'm like, why is everyone like raving about this movie? Yeah. Which is, I remember seeing the poster for it and was just like, wow, generic action movie starring Keanu Reeves. Right, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, it's kept seeing all these reviews and it was like doing decent box office. And everyone's like, this is like one of the better. Act-. I was like, no way. Come yeah. on, John Wick. Like, what a generic <laughs> fucking stupid name, too. Just John Wick. Like, whatever. And right. so I was like, what? All right, what's the big deal? So, yeah. like, you know, VOD watched it and I was like, okay, I mean, it was cool. Yeah. You know, and again, you're immediately sort of, you can't help but be struck by the fact that, like, you know, 15 minutes in a movie, you're like, wait a second, this whole movie is just about, like, they killed my dog? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, fuck, I, li- I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, like, the best motivation to murder a whole lot of people ever. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, so to get back to, you know, you mentioned the uh, action scene in the catacombs. Yeah. And um, I remember, you know, when I when I so when I watched chapter two again, because I'd only seen it the one time and I was like, I should give it another shot before we really talk about three. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I watched it again last night. And um, it was that catacomb scene. I remembered I had like deja vu. I mean, I I had actually already seen this before. Well, yeah. But just the exact feeling that I had when that scene was going on and like how it was just this like downward slope. Mm-hmm. for me as that scene continued okay and then it, like when i got to the end of it i was like wait i remember having that exact same sort of like <laughs> progression of emotions okay the first time where it just that scene really rubs me the wrong way because it just it feels so fucking choreographed okay and i think you know they're so good normally at just you know making these things feel very like natural and fluid and like you know he's just this good at all of this stuff but mm-hmm. like that whole scene with their you know uh, uh, commitment to keeping the shots wide and doing long takes and trying to make it seem like this one or, you know, kind of like flowing through this giant battle scene. Right. Um, it led to a lot of really kind of like, yeah, stilted moments within that for me where I okay. felt like he was anticipating people showing up or like, yeah, or just a lot of convenient things where it's like he's standing out in the open, like reloading. Mm hmm. And then, you know, he finishes reloading and, like, points up and shoots a guy. And this guy is, like, you know, he's he's just coming into the foreground of the shot. Right. But if you think about it, like, you know, logistically, he's actually only about, like, four feet away from John Wick at this point. He was just out of frame. Mm-hmm. And so he clearly would have been taking shots at this guy, you know, like, well before getting to, right, like, four right. feet away. Yeah. 
But it was just so, so it was like John Wick's just reloading out in the open. And then he just, you know, there's a guy just standing off camera waiting to be, you know, shot and killed. Right, right. And so there was a lot of stuff in that whole sequence that I feel like in their attempt to just try to make it like this long, you know, also it's just like, you know, bullet sponges just get kind of diminishing returns as well. They Mm -hmm. just get a little tedious after a point. And the scene kind of goes on for a while where it's just continued. You're like, I know he's going to murder all these people. (laughs) And... And on top of it too, it starts to get a little. Uh, it starts to get a little repetitive with some of the things. You know, there's. I, I didn't remember uh, noticing this the first time, but John Wick does a lot of like, you know, grabbing people with his legs and somersaulting to the ground. I noticed this too. Like he spends like half of all of the action scenes on the floor. I know. I, I, <laughs> I noticed it more when I saw this yesterday as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would it's really constant. I like the I like the catacomb scene, but my favorite shootout is the museum. Yeah, it's a much sequence. better yeah. My, the that's my favorite. Enter the one. dragon inspired. Yeah, yeah, I love that from the beginning to end. Like I just love that entire sequence. But the catacomb scene, I think what even though um when I was talking earlier about how they're coming into frame, mm-hmm. I think that's what throws me off of that action sequence. Yeah, is them coming into frame. I like that it's I I like it because it's different and I have never seen it before. Yeah, in an action movie because I think we're just trained as we watch action movies for the attack to be coming in front of our hero or anti-hero. Yeah. So for it to be coming into frame is is cool. But I did notice those. You know, uh, I think the reason it feels core choreographed is uh if i were to argue with you about it and be like (laughs) no it's fucking immaculate and it's great (laughs) i feel like the reason why it might feel like that is because he's already choreographed it himself as as john wick by placing the guns everywhere so he's getting to those points but i also see your point as well as to why it does feel choreographed because of yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you know it's sure, in terms of he was planning ahead, of course. Right. Yeah, but it's like, you know, I mean choreographed in the sense that it's like he'll, like, move his gun into position to shoot somebody before there's somebody there to shoot. Okay. You know, okay, or yeah. before he knows there's someone there to shoot. Yeah. Because, but he knows because that's their cue. Yeah, right, right, You right. know, and so it's mm-hmm. just, it, there's, like, moments like that throughout that fight. And, yeah, the, them coming from off screen, too, just does also make it feel like, you know, I didn't know there was even a person there until he died. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. It, it eliminates the tension of having the threat there, yeah. and also of his ability in dispatching it in a tough situation because all it reads like ultimately is again that there was just somebody standing off camera that was just going to get shot and die whenever it was convenient for John Wick to do so. Right? Not right. like he was that badass that he was able to fucking maneuver this scenario. Yeah, yeah. You know, in such a <laughs> deadly and efficient fashion. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I thought it, it kind of diminished his character a little bit as well in okay. the process, but also just as an action scene. Yeah. Um, you know, it just didn't feel quite as like natural and intense and like, you know, violent and like this, you know, not quite like gun ballet, but like, you know, somebody who really, they do such a good job in the first one of making it feel like this is a guy who really is just like, you know, built for these types of situations. You know, yeah. his mind just works on that level better than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. And um, the club scene in the first one is definitely like, a yeah, you know, it's definitely meant to mirror the catacomb scene because it's almost like a club happening mm-hmm. in the catacombs, you know? Right. Yeah. But I mean, 
the I, w- I would say that the club scene in the first one, as it relates to like this scene, is yeah. a bit more better, and it just feels a bit more tight. Yeah, in terms of like, and even the museum one later in the movie, I think yeah. also because it doesn't rely on trying to create this effect of like a long one shot. You know, I think yeah. like cutting cutting is a g- it's a double edged sword, of course, with like action scenes because yeah, you want to see the action happen, you want to feel like it's unfolding right before your eyes, right? And like these people are actually accomplishing these feats and stuff, but it's like. You know, finding that balance there between mm-hmm. like when to maintain a shot and when to cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where you create the best kind of like balance in an action scene, I yeah. think. Because um, then you can, you know, you can really like, again, going back to the whole Buster Keaton thing, it yeah. is sometimes you do really need a very specific camera angle to really yeah. like convey the threat, its response, and how they interact. Mm-hmm. You know, like all three of these things need to be present at one time. And yeah. that's always. You know, to go back to Jackie Chan, that's also something he's always really, really adamant about is like in his shot, you always see every element mm-hmm. that is a part of whatever's happening. Right. You know, like there wouldn't be a guy just standing off frame who John Wick just fires and all of a sudden he falls to the ground. Right. It's like yeah. you would see John Wick, his intended target <laughs> and the gun yeah. all in frame. Right. You know, so you would know, boom, 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 like these three things. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways you could set up that camera angle. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways you could arrange those things in a frame. But it's like they're eliminating, you know, they've just put John Wick and his gun as, like, the focus of the shot. Uh, And it's his intended targets are just these seemingly, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, just... They might as well be just be cardboard cutouts. Yeah, exactly. I get what you're saying. I got you. Total shooting gallery kind of of vibe to it. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a bummer. And, uh, so I think, yeah, as, as far as editing, like the first one, if I remember right, and uh, yeah, the museum also, they do rely a lot more on like cutting, especially the museum with all the mirrors and stuff. There are all these very, yeah. very plotted out camera angles to utilize the mirrors and like if the person's actually there, if it's just their reflection mm-hmm. and do well, we even as the before that know him, that even like, for him, like meeting like Santino in that, like not even a lobby area, but just that Uh that ballroom area, like from where it starts there. And like, there's just the kind of the straight line to the mirror. Yeah. Like I I like that entire sequence too, where he's just taking everybody out there. Mm -hmm. Cause that feels a little bit more like a traditional, I guess, John wick scene, (laughs) you know? And uh, I felt like even some of the, you know, Buster Keaton esque like kills in that sequence, like landed a bit more for me than the catacombs. Mm hmm. Yeah, for you sure. Know? Uh, they were a little more constructed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they felt they felt pretty fun. I can't remember if it's in the catacombs or if it's in the museum scene, but there's a part, there's a headshot that he does on somebody where he doesn't go up top and flip somebody over and hold on to them on the ground and take two people out and then shoot the dude in the head. Mm-hmm. But he does this thing where like he grabs somebody and is like holding them, and then like holds their head a certain way in his arm and then like shoots them from behind the head (laughs) Uh and it just like the blood just flies out and i for some reason i just never remembered that kill in the Mm -hmm. movie and i was like oh that was cool yeah that's awesome (laughs) yeah no there's a few really good ones like that for sure (laughs) right um but uh okay so yeah so you know the action i generally overall i enjoyed it more when i watched it yesterday okay when i did the first time i think a just knowing what Which I was into. in store for, <laughs> I think helped a lot, yeah. you know, uh, and I was just kind of like able to, to get past that before even starting it and just being like, all right, let's just let's just do the blood oath thing. Fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so, you know, because the action's good, you know, it's it's stylized in a nice way and like, you know, it looks good and it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's in general fun to watch. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, I, I still, I, I have a really, really, really big issue with the world building. Really? Yeah. Oh, hugely problematic okay. for me. Lay it yeah, on me. In just about every conceivable way. <laughs> okay. I, have, I have like way too much written about this. Well, try <laughs> to pick, you know, your top two. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down the list. Okay. Okay. Going down the list. Going down the list. Yeah. <laughs> You're scrolling way too much right now. Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll, I'll make it relatively quick because we, we can get back to talking about three. But this leads yeah. into right. my concerns about three. Okay. All right. You know? So, all right. One of the first things that comes up for me that I really, I mean, aside from just when Santino first shows up and does the blood oath speech yeah. and stuff is, okay, like aside from just the reason because it's a movie, why does John Wick speak to the arms dealer and the tailor in this weird like code as though he's ordering wine or, you know, getting an actual suit made. Like, mm -hmm. they go out of their way to show the clandestine nature of these places. And, like, all the merchandise is right in front of them. They're not fooling anyone by calling this, like, you know, an Austrian Bordeaux. <laughs> it's a fucking handgun. Uh -huh. Like, for, you know, I, I just don't understand, like, why we need to engage. Aside from just, like, because it's a movie and this will be kind of clever if it's, like, oh, they're talking about wine. Yeah. Okay, think about actually being an assassin going to buy weapons to go fucking murder people with. Yeah. Are you really going to uphold this veneer of, like, turn-of-the-century luxury? <laughs> or are you just going to be, like, give me a fucking machine gun? You okay. know? <laughs> like, yeah. I murder people for a living. I'm mm -hmm. not as refined as you might think I am. Yeah. You know? Um. But anyway, so I know that like, you know, that that kind of just aesthetic of, yeah, this like turn of the century kind of luxury is this coding that they've applied over this entire like assassin's world. But mm -hmm. I, I just I don't know. The more you like look at it and really think about it, the more it's like this is actually something that their dedication to this is actually something that's very restrictive and okay. counterproductive to what they do. Okay. Um, and I, I think one of the biggest examples, uh, I think the thing that I dislike the most about this movie uh -huh. is this assassin's central precinct place where like when they call in to like put out a like contract on somebody oh, and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. this like old library full of hot librarians with tattoos, like mm -hmm. putting things in pneumatic tubes and shit. Yeah. Like, okay. Why are they using a switchboard and pneumatic tubes? Like, why are these records being kept on paper? Mm -hmm. None of this makes any fucking sense whatsoever. Okay. It's purely just there as, like, a, somebody thought this would be cool. Okay. Um, there's a computer that has, you know, a like an old computer display, mm -hmm. but it's incredibly high resolution. It is clearly, like, a very <laughs> high resolution monitor uh -huh. displaying an old <laughs> computer display. And then they use this computer to send out text messages one fucking number at a time. Yeah. Which, again, this all just seems like very, you know, for such a rich community uh -huh. <laughs> that obviously has the money to engage in this kind of like pointless opulence. You could upgrade some of this stuff, okay? Like, and then on top of it, it's like you even have a computer. Mm -hmm. You know, you should. Why can't this computer that's sending out text <laughs> messages one at a time be used for record keeping? Right. You know, then you don't have like all these fucking <laughs> stacks of like, you know, perishable materials that are being used to withhold the entire history of like, you know, all these really important matters of literal life and death mm -hmm. for all these people should be kept somewhere a little, you know, some backups would be nice, I think. Um, it's like they're trying to give it this sense of like historical refinement mm -hmm. to show that this thing's been around for a while and yeah. they withhold tradition and, you know, they have these rituals and things like that. That's all fine. 
you know, that comes across, I think, well in the Continental, where it has this air of like, you know, yeah, old, uh, again, turn of the century luxury, uh, luxury and uh, privilege and all this type of stuff. But they still have modern amenities, you know, like. Mm-hmm. They've got smartphones. You can order a fucking Impossible Burger, I would guess. Yeah. You know, at the Continental. <laughs> <laughs> they've up. My point is they've updated some things. Yeah. For functionality. Yeah. While still maintaining this air. But now you've got this, like, one centralized place that is the hub for all of this acti- assassin's activity. Mm-hmm. And they've retained not only an antiquated aesthetic, but an antiquated technology mm-hmm. for seemingly no purpose other than to just satisfy, you know, the filmmaker because he wanted to just have a room full of like hot librarians and sleeveless tops. Okay. You know, with with fucking uh, <laughs> tattoos all over their arms. So it just to me, instead of yeah, giving this historical refinement or consistency that they wanted to, it actually to me feels a lot more like a world-building philosophy that doesn't stand up to any scrutiny to its own internal logic as a world. Okay. It just kind of seems like something that, you know, if the Wachowskis came up with an Assassin's Guild, that's basically what this feels like to me. Okay. Um, And why is John Wick the only person who knows how to execute a headshot? He's the only one who does it in the entire film. I think film. you're getting a little nitpicky, dude. No, this is no, no, no. I think you're a, getting like real, real like. No, this is a real. He he <laughs> encounters literally hundreds of people trying to murder him. Uh-huh. Not a single one of them aims for his head. Yeah. Which is literally the only vulnerable vulnerable part on his body because he's wearing a bulletproof suit. Yeah. And on top of that, like, so that's just weird to me too. Okay. Especially right. because there's people who shoot him. Yeah. Realize his suit is bulletproof, mm-hmm. and then continue to aim not at his head. Perhaps he's just a good Which, dodger. Uh, he could. Uh, he's not though. He gets shot so many fucking times in this movie. Yeah. But so that then begs the question of like, how did he survive this long before bulletproof suits got invented? I think. Okay. So here's here's what I'm thinking. So in num- number one, he's been out for I think he says four or five years. Yeah. Something like that. He tells the the bartender at the Continental when he goes to meet uh, Winston mm-hmm. for the first time, right? And I think the first movie is like him getting back, you know, it's like training wheels a little bit. I think the second movie, training wheels are off. And I think like this third movie is going to be like us seeing like John Wick back to like where he, the, you know, the myth that is John Wick that's been, you know, strung through this entire series. I mean, he's pretty mythical in one and two. No, I mean, I know he's yeah. mythical. I know that, but that legend of like the job that he did, and then you know, number two being like Santino has had a part in it and everything, and you know, like Santino is even the one that tells him in that in the uh, you know after he burns his house down, that's just like I needed, I needed him, I needed that guy, like the look that you're giving me right now, mm. um, you know, to to pull off this to pull off this blood oath that you owe me, you know, and so I think by the end of number two, like. We are back to, or at least a little bit closer to what John Wick was like five years ago before he, you know, left and got married and everything. So I actually kind of like that, you know, he gets shot a bunch of times or he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get it all the time. Like it just, it's like, you know, he's, he's precise, but I actually like that he gets beat up quite a bit. I would hate it if he was just like perfect, I guess. Yeah, but, but at the end of the day, he is though. 
There's no yeah. actual repercussions to any of these things aside from him, like, you know, falling to a knee for half a second before then efficiently dispatching whoever it was. Yeah, right. So it's like it doesn't really like increase the stakes or add anything or make him more fallible in any way. Mm-hmm. It literally just becomes like part of, oh, how can we make the action choreography a little more complicated right here? You know, right, like, right, OK, right. he'll take a couple bullets, fall to a knee and then turn around and shoot instead of just killing them right when they appear. Yeah, right. You know, so like it, I, I would be fine with it if it actually had some sort of impact on the film, but it doesn't whatsoever. It mm-hmm. just makes him invulnerable, essentially, yeah. because nobody can pull off a fucking headshot. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, no, I mean, that's that's why it bothers me quite, you know, so much. Okay. And it's like, and it's constant. I mean, he gets shot like a lot. He would have died so many fucking times. Yeah. In this movie. And and then also the fact that, like, seemingly nobody else in this world has one of these bulletproof suits. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all part of this assassin's world. We can all go to this same <laughs> fucking tailor, but just no one else was, like, thought they might want a bulletproof suit yeah. if they're going to get into gunfights with people constantly. Um, so, again, just, like, logic there. It okay. just, it's We have our hero has this thing that makes him invulnerable. Uh-huh. But, you know, if you think about it, literally anyone could get one of could these. And nobody did. All right. Okay, just a couple more things. All right. Um, so, for a guy who is seemingly extraordinarily good at thinking ahead, John Wick is actually terrible at thinking ahead. Okay. Um, in a fight, he's 10 moves in the future. Like, yeah. no question about it. But, uh-huh. like, any life decision that he has to make <laughs> is so fucking short sighted. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, first off, like, you know, retiring from being an assassin and like getting married, like, I'm sorry, dude, that's never, that's never worked out for anyone. Right. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. You never, you can never leave this life. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, even when like Santino shows up for the first time to collect the blood oath, Mm -hmm. like John Wick is fully well aware of like everything that's going to happen, that he has to do this. There's no way to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And yet he still says no. Let's his house get blown up. And then the first thing he does is just like walk his ass to the Continental and be like, all right, what can I do for you? Yeah, right. And then just does it. And it's like, okay, if you had just thought for like a half a second <laughs> and just asked the guy like, what's the job <laughs> when he was at your, you'd still have a house. Yeah. Like there was no reason for that house to get destroyed except for just your short sightedness. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at the end of the movie, after he kills Santino, he's just like, I'm going to go home now. And he just takes his dog home to a fucking structurally compromised pile of ashes and murdered memories with the grand plan of just, like, sitting under an awning and shivering for, I don't know, ever. Yeah. Like, that's just what he's doing. He just sits there with his dog shivering in the rain. Yeah. And then Lance Reddick shows up and then is like, hey, come with me. And it's like, what was your plan, dude? (laughs) Like, were you literally, you're just like, I'm going to take my dog and just go sit in the burned out husk of my home while it rains and just, that's that's life now. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. Um... But which which then led me to the question of why is it always raining at John Wick's house? It's always the opening scenes and then the mm-hmm. final scene. It's always like it's fine outside. And then we get to John Wick's house pouring rain. Yeah, it's just it's a sad place. But I thought that was just a, a funny stylistic element. It's like, man, right. it's just it's always raining. It's at always John raining. Wick's. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. And then so my final thought about John Wick, too, is that I realized at the end of this movie that. I think John Wick might actually be one of the worst dog owners in cinema history. All right. He obviously loves dogs. Yeah. I don't, I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. Or thinks he does or wants to love dogs. Uh-huh. But so his first dog, obviously, we know what happened there. Yeah. And let's face it. He kind of let that dog get killed. 
I mean, if you're gonna let if you're gonna let fucking Theon Greyjoy get the drop on you, like that's on you. Especially if you're John Wick. Like uh-huh. you could have protected that dog. He let that dog get killed. And he gets revenge for it. You are just you are on fire today. <laughs> in a way that I like whew, go ahead. I had a lot of thoughts last night. Uh, yeah, I clearly. Like, yeah. So so yeah, I, you let Theon Greyjoy get the drop on you. Like that's your fault. Okay. Um so he let that dog get killed. And then his second dog he basically abandons the first chance he gets. Like, he has the dog at home, and then as soon as he's got to leave, he's just like, hey, Lance Reddick. Yeah. Yo, you want to take care of my dog? And, like, granted, Lance Reddick is probably an exceptional Fuck yeah. caretaker. Yeah. I would definitely, I would leave dog, child, you know, any, any, any ward of mine. Yeah. I would be comfortable leaving with Lance Reddick, knowing that, like, this is actually going to be an improvement to his situation <laughs> rather than a detriment. But yeah. Um, so his decision to leave him with Lance Reddick seems to show good judgment from a pet owner standpoint, but I would argue that John Wick would have taken his opportunity, his first opportunity to abandon his dog, no matter how capable a caretaker that person may have been. Mm-hmm. In this instance, the first opportunity that arose just happened to be a good caretaker. Okay. So I think he's just the beneficiary of good luck in this situation, not actually a good pet owner, because as I illustrated before, he's not really that good at thinking ahead. So I don't think he really put any serious thought into the abilities of any person who to him represented an out from his responsibilities as a dog owner. All right. And then to top it all off, as I just pointed out, as soon as he does bring the dog back into his care, the first thing he does is bring it out to a bombed out rainy hovel that he used to call a home where there's no food, there's no fucking heat, just a bunch of misery. Mm-hmm. And that to me all reads as a pretty fucking bad pet owner. All right. So I'm, I'm kind of convinced that like John Wick is actually very bad at taking care of dogs. <laughs> I would I would like him to be a pet, better pet owner. Better pet owner. Yeah. All right. And I, I think there is there is a love of I think he wants to love dogs more than he actually loves dogs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the want is there. Yeah. But it's just not. It's like a desire. That's you know, a, yeah. it's 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 the equivalent of like I don't know when you were in like a sophomore in high school and there was some cool senior kid that was like you know dressing like leather coats with spikes and shit. Oh and was yeah, like a punk yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. Like, Damn, that's cool. Yeah, I wish I could be that cool. I want that, but I'm not. It's you're, but you're yeah, not. You yeah, know, right. you try it out and you're a fucking poser for yeah. a year, and then you realize <laughs> that's not me, and you do your own thing, and then you're finally you know actually find something you're happy with. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where John Wick is right now. He might end up at the end of three, might turn out to be a cat person. Ooh. Is that your? Is that your? That's my big prediction here. Big He's going to end up leaving this dog with Halle Berry because obviously Halle Berry is a dog person. Yeah, she's yeah doing pretty good with those dogs. Yeah. Um, so she's gonna, he's going to leave his dog with Halle Berry, just be like, I don't think this is for me. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to be like, maybe you're you know more of a cat person and be like, oh, maybe you don't try a cat. cat. Yeah. Interesting. Or maybe she just says something like, maybe you're just a pussy. Ooh. And he goes, oh. that might be. And something. then she holds it. In. He's like, what? And then yeah. she holds up a cat and laughs, and he's like, oh. I get it. And then he holds the cat, and he's like, yeah. Yeah. I like this. All right. I can see And then that. he goes home to his, well, hopefully John Leguizamo has rebuilt his house. Yeah. I'm expecting that the beginning of this will be him going and getting his car from John Leguizamo, like, because he never got oh, the car already. back. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. Some, yeah. And if we're, because this, so, so yeah, okay, so we can talk about three now. Okay. Unless, yeah, you're. So incensed by any of my observations about two. I'm raging right now. (laughs) Raging. Uh, The only way I can respond to all of Dorian's stuff is that uh, I have a soul and he doesn't. (laughs) So, no. um, What do you call it? Some of the things, some of the the points you have, I think, are uh, 
a bit nitpicky. Sure. That you can, that me as a person, if I'm, if I like, because when I watch a movie, not saying that you don't, like I'll, I'll really get into it to mm-hmm. where details, some of the details that you're talking about are, I'm not even thinking about them. For I, sure, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think about it. It's just sort of, I'm, I'm with the character to the point of like, yeah, it did. It, I, I gave no thought to him going back to a, a burned out husk of a house other <laughs> than like, I have honestly nowhere else to go. I know I can't stay in the continental because I know what I just did right now. So the only place I can go to is just to sit in my burned down home. And like, that's it. Dead end, rock bottom. This is where this guy is. And wait for somebody to come to kill me. And whoever it is, guess I'll try my best to defend myself. But this is the only place I know where to go. So, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, at least for two, like, I love the I love the world in two. Like, it's actually my favorite part of two. Aside from the action is I, I love, you know, uh, everything that you that doesn't work for you, like works for me is basically like the long and short of it you mm-hmm. know, without having to go through like the markers and the blood oath and this yeah. and that, you know, all <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, I actually really love that stuff. I love, I love the world. I love like the analog, you know, world of it all, but I also love, you know, the high techness of it with, you know, the use of guns and, uh, you know, bulletproof, you know, suits and stuff like that. I think overall, like, Number two, you know, going back to us talking about like the Buster Keaton mm-hmm. uh, sequence of it, like overall, number two is an incredibly silly movie. Mm-hmm. It is a balls to the wall silly movie, but it's a like I like it because of that. Mm-hmm. Because I know that all the points you're making, it's just like this is this is ridiculous, but it's ridiculous in the way that I do think is cool and I do like in a in a movie like this. Yeah. Um, because because of the world that they're building and. Um, I think it, I think it helps for me that we go to like places like we go to like Rome, you know, and it's a completely different world. I totally forgot Franco Nero was in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. Franco Nero is such a good, like counter, you know, to Ian McShane, uh, to Ian yeah. McShane the Italian know? Ian McShane. Yeah. Right. Uh, like when he first asked, like, I just got one question. Mm. Are you here for the, the Pope? Pope. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> yes. You know? Um, and like, I think once we get to, uh, you know, Rome is when things start to get like incredibly silly and um, with the suits, with the guns, with how they're, you know, talking, it's a little bit of like a wink, wink to the, all that stuff is, is just a giant wink, like to the camera, to the audience, you know? Yeah. Um, and I kind of like it in a movie like this. But they, I, yeah. I d- but that's not good world building, you know? I'm not, but that's, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, but that's the, it's the world that they're, they are building is like, like I like. Do you know what I mean? Because it is like cool and it's, you know, a bit cheeky and stuff like that. Um, you know, if I were if I was going to make like a serious assassin movie, I probably would agree with I'm you. Not, but I'm I don't not, think they're I'm not asking for seriousness. I'm yeah. asking for consistency and thought. But and there is like consi- ha- there's, there's not there is consistency and thought <laughs> in like the world that they're building for the movie. It's just no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it just it, went through a laundry list I know of you deviations did, from but that I'm ju- idea. I'm, I'm just saying that like <laughs> I'm just saying that your laundry list is is uh, you know it's I'm not going to say that like you're 100 percent wrong, but because I can see the points and you know you're you know the points that you make and. Yeah. you're backing them up with but i'm just saying that that's like for you but for me watching this movie like i'm i'm good with the world building and i and i like it because of because of 
the points that like you don't. And I think that's okay to have that sort of like. Sure, it's fine to disagree. I I I think it's fine that you're willing to ignore the bad world building, but I want you to admit (laughs) that it's bad world building. Like if you're fine ignoring that there's no pervasive logic to this world, Uh cool. I just enjoy the aesthetic of this world. That's all I'm in it for. Fine. Right. But in terms of like any type of craftsmanship that goes Mm -hmm. into like actually how you build a world, right? This fails in every regard. I mean, that's your opinion. (laughs) That's fine. If that's if you know. I don't I will I'll say I None don't None of think, it makes sense when compared to itself. I don't think That's it's a big com- problem. I don't think it's a complete failure. I think to say that it's a f- failure 100% in the world that it's building is something that I will disagree with you with, mm-hmm. but I respect that you think it's a failure. <laughs> Do is you that, think it's Is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess we'll just move on. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like a joke how bad it is, honestly. I mean, and that's I mean, yeah. like, and that's and that's what I'm worried about with three. I guess okay. to, to move on to three. To move on to three. All right. What I'm worried yeah. about with three is that they're going to double down on this nonsensical world building horse shit that okay. they've gotten themselves into with okay. two. And I would be fine if they just like walked away from all of that in three. Mm-hmm. Totally cool with me. Okay. Like just didn't bother to try to like continue develop. Just don't like don't dig this hole any deeper. Yeah. Is what I'm asking right now. Right. Like, right. Okay. You spent two like building your world. <laughs> Let's not make it any worse than it already is, okay? Uh-huh. Like, let's we're here for the action scenes, you yeah. know. And in the course of like, you know, spending your time coming up with these like, you know, clever moments to build an inconsistent world into, you've obviously sacrificed some things in some of the action. Okay, we talked about with the catacomb and just certain oh, things oh, feeling yeah, yeah, a little yeah. a little subpar compared to one. Yeah, in yeah. terms of what is the real strength of this franchise? Which let's face it, at the end of the day whether you like the characters, the world building, any other element of this movie, the number one reason you're coming to John Wick is for the action. Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, I'll agree with you right there. That is their strength. That is what they need to play to. Mm -hmm. And just like, you know, just give me that. Yeah. Um, So I'm I'm just hoping that like we really stick with more of a thrust of like one, like let's just, we've already got a simple concept. Right. We already know everyone's out to kill John Wick. Yeah. We don't need to add some, you know, now like history with like the grand table or whatever the fucking the high, the high table. table, Dorian, the high yeah. table. He doesn't need to have some like, you know, convoluted backstory with like three of the members of the high table. And mm-hmm. like if there's a scene where they start talking about like, you know, the politics of the <laughs> high table and like, you know, how one gets a seat and what like a two thirds, two thirds majority vote gets and like mm-hmm. all this. Stuff, I'm just going to like. I might walk out of the fucking theater at that point. Um, I don't want any of that shit. Yeah. I just want like, okay, he's on the run. Like literally, as far as I can tell, every living, breathing person in New York is trying to kill John Wick right now. Mm -hmm. Let's just do that. Yeah. Like do that for two hours. Cool with me, man. I am like 100% in. That's what I want out of this movie. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if they can, if they can kind of keep it, yeah, more focused on like that track of what I think is really their strength mm-hmm. and the the just strength of this franchise uh, itself. Um, I think that would be the smartest move, and for me personally, it would be the most enjoyable version yeah. of John Wick Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to come out. So I think um, I really like the trailer to Three. Uh, I didn't want to. I think I remember. I was over here because yeah. I had watched the first trailer, which right. I was excited for. And then I'm like, I don't want to watch anything else because I don't 
because the uh, the the bike scene with all the you know samurai swords coming out yeah was a little was we got a taste of it in the first trailer yeah and then I didn't want to watch it and you said that you had watched it and you're like it doesn't really give too much away so you're good mm. and uh, but yeah I think the the second trailer is is really 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 awesome um, I think the action looks really fucking cool and yeah. great and I actually am hoping that your you know how you feel about you know the failure of the world building uh is actually like you know um actually comes to a head in three because of what john wick says to winston in the park in two is that he's just gonna burn it all down so i feel like i kind of hope that you know that's the movie we get Mm. is i don't care about tradition anymore i don't care about you know well he's he does it when he shoots santino in the continental so like that's the first step there so um i <clears throat> I've read a little bit of like uh you know kind of Twitter reactions about how like if number two sort of sets up the world for number three like number three is just everybody seems to be saying that number three really goes back to this like action centric part okay. of it where Good. the skeleton <laughs> is definitely like the world they have built for Wick and all these assassins into but now you know hopefully this movie now is Wick just burning it all down. Mm. It's like, I'm, I'm done with your shit, which seems to be where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, that's what I'm, yeah, right. I'm exactly. done with their shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to burn the world down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I that mean, would be great. I mean, that yeah. would be everything that would really round out the trilogy really yes. nicely yeah. and stuff too. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, I would prefer that the one that, so the, yeah, but I agree. The trailer is awesome. I mean, the trailer yeah, just agree, looks yeah. like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just gonna be balls to the wall, crazy action the entire yes. time. I mean, he shoots a guy from fucking horseback. Yes, like, that's that alone is <laughs> right. just like this is already like a great movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so so the only thing that gives me a little bit of concern as far as like, I wonder if it's the same thing. Go ahead. Was it the the shot of him on the walking up the like sand uh, in the when he's in the desert? It's a there's part of it. A, there's a quick shot of him, yeah, walking up like a sand hill in a desert. Okay, yeah. That is just that's the one thing that like in the trailer that I really don't like. Yeah. Um, because that also that to me just looks more like you know a like world building that I don't want. Right. Um, and B like what about John Wick's character is interesting in a desert? Like, right. You're not going to be getting into like you know sword fights mm-hmm. or gunfights in the middle of a desert. Yeah, like you're yeah. going to be out there like starving, and we're just going to have like, you know, <laughs> images of like the desert like crossfading on top of each other as you wander around, looking more and more parched. Just you think, know, just think space balls. There's a little more sand on your lip in <laughs> yeah. this shot than the last one. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, a mirage. And it's like yeah. I don't, I don't want that sequence, you know, in this movie. So whether it be like a real thing or like a dream or right. you know, some sort of like coma fantasy or whatever the fuck. What I'm worried about, I think, I feel like Halle Berry and the desert are linked. Okay. In some way, I get that vibe from yeah. how she's dressed or whatever. It, whatever it looks like, her house that we're in where she shoots him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Halle Berry, to me, is the weak link in this trailer for me. Okay. Um, I love Halle Berry as an actress. Yeah. I'm very enjoyable. I just feel like the first time I saw her, I thought of uh, the 007 movie, Die Another Day, which, which <laughs> she was an American agent uh-huh. in this in the movie. And, like, 
that movie is it's just a terrible movie, mm-hmm. like overall. And I mean, everybody's bad at it. Yeah. You know, it's just everybody is. I remember that one being pretty rough. It's, it's so bad, right? And there was for a long time talking about how her character, whose name is Jinx in the movie, mm. would get maybe her own American secret agent spinoff, right? So um, I guess I just don't like that it looks like John Wick has a partner. Mm-hmm. in this movie yeah um you know i i think the the thing that works for me for number one into is that he is on his own and that seemingly it's like winston and lance reddick are the only two people yeah that can <laughs> probably give him a hand right you know so um and so to bring her into it like i just sort of i'm worried about what mythology is there between her and him that you know uh has has her helping him right. and the only thing i can think that uh within you know again the world that they've built is that for some reason like john has a marker and this is how she gets this is how he gets her to not hunt him for the 14 million that's on his head now mm-hmm. and to honor the marker right um which okay fine if that happens but like i feel like she's gonna have to really pull her weight to be like what makes this person like that that john wick goes for goes to yeah because i get why he goes to santino right because he wants to get out of the life and be married and all this other kind of stuff and i'm actually really glad that so far hopefully knock on wood that um that still has remained a mystery as to just like you know how he got out Mm. right um it almost kind of feels like, you know, the origin of the Joker. It's like, mm-hmm. it kind of grows a little bit, but you still don't really get the full right, picture, yeah. you know? You get just enough to kind of go like, okay, I yeah, it. it seems like, you know, the woman he ended up marrying was supposed to be lined up for assassination. Yeah, and right. And that he said no, mm-hmm. and then the Santino was like, okay, well, then you owe me, you know, right, basically. Exactly. Yeah, so right. that's where the blood marker came from. So Like, um, yeah, rather than kill her... I'm not going to kill her and I'm leaving forever. And he's yeah. like, okay, well, you're going to have to do something for me later then. Exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, Which again, not thinking ahead. <laughs> Take it easy. We're on to the trailer now, okay? Jesus. Well, this is a pervasive character no, trait. No, I yeah, know, I it's, know. It's going to come up in three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yes. So she's my only She's my only sort of like... Yeah. Not too sure about her. I also, I, I don't like in the trailer also that they, you know, they immediately show in the second trailer, because I had forgot when I first saw the second trailer, this is another thing that came up having rewatched chapter two again yesterday. Okay. Was that, yeah, he's, you know, they go through this whole thing of like, you killed someone in the Continental, you're not supposed to do that, you're about to be excommunicated. Right. And then immediately in this trailer, you know, they show him with Ian McShane just like, so uh, can I get oh, all the privileges? Of right. The, and right, he's just yeah. like step inside yeah. sir what do you need and it's <laughs> right. like well so we're just immediately reneging on this like yeah i wonder what's happened yeah you know, know and, I, and i hope that in the movie itself that that's something that's a little more hard one that happens like later in the movie mm-hmm. like he's done some things that are maybe gonna like change the situation a bit right because yeah. it's just one of those things that I, you know i hate it when it's like uh, again, I mentioned this with Game of Thrones, I think, recently, where it was like, you know, there was there was a moment of drama that only existed for people who were watching it when it came out. Okay. Where it's like, you know, like in Game of Thrones, there was a season where, like, this main character got killed in the final episode. Okay. And then, like, literally, like, five minutes into the first episode of the next season, he gets brought back to life. 
Oh, so yeah, if you yeah, watch yeah, yeah, these, yeah. so right. if you you know if you didn't have a year in between where you were waiting for mm-hmm. it to air, if you just watch these episodes back to back, this character is literally dead for five minutes. Five minutes, right? And you're like, there's no gravity to that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just afraid that like you know I hope that's not an early thing in John Wick Three where it's like, okay, oh you're kicked out, you don't get any of this stuff, and then like five minutes in, he's like, but we're cool, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know? right, right, right. He's like, ah, fuck it, come on in. You okay, know? I could definitely see that. I can so I'm yeah, I'm hoping that's there. a little bit more, but you know they they put it in the trailer and it's one of those things where just like having just watched two and then like you know watching the trailer for three where you're like wait so literally it's just going to be like you're kicked out but no no really. don't worry about that that's just <laughs> like, on paper not anymore. yeah yeah right we're just keeping up appearances here you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so so uh, yeah but you know again trailer that could be something from like much later in the film where right. he might have to like really struggle for a while and then yeah yeah and then be granted you know this uh this boon yeah before he heads to the real so yeah i'm, I'm kind of curious who the real kind of like bad guy is in this movie villain yeah because we've got that uh that bald-headed uh asian dude that seems to be causing oh, some trouble um, for that actor is uh mark desicasis okay yeah he's um he looks like fun yeah no yeah, he looks like a smarmy ass <laughs> he's uh he's a really good martial artist actually um and so cool. i'm glad that they got him much like in number one they got uh this guy named daniel fuck i forget what his name is um I forget what his name is, but he's a good martial artist as well. I have to look him up right now. Um, but he played one of uh, the agents in um, the Matrix movies. He was okay. the lead agent in the Matrix uh, Reloaded, mm-hmm. and so and him and Keanu Reeves have had like a relation, like a martial arts relationship, and um, and so I'm glad that they continue to get like actors who are also like very good martial artists as mm-hmm. well and uh, can actually do this stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, he looks he looks pretty fun uh, as well. Um, Mark Desacasas is actually the bad guy in Cradle to the Grave. <laughs> awesome. <Yeah. laughs> he's pretty good at So he's fucked with Jet Li. He's fucked yeah. with Jet Li and, hey, and DMX. So <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, don't yeah. forget. <laughs> don't forget DMX. I, uh, no, I like that, you know, I don't, so I don't know if he's actually like the main bad guy or if he's sort of like a mini boss or something in this movie or what, but um, the, uh, uh, I, I do like that, you know, at the very least it seems like there's a villain, you know, that is, uh, that is capable mm-hmm. as far as, you know, uh, being an opponent to John Wick. Cause that's, yeah. a, you know, in two Santino, he's just like, he's just like a pussy, yeah. you know, like boss character and even shows in the way that he's, you know, he runs off to the continental just be like, oh, I'm going to eat the steak with duck fat fries. Yeah. Like you can't fucking kill me here. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, which is, which is fine and all there's, you know, there's just two different flavors, but, um, it, it'll be, I think, a, for John Wick as a character, I think it's more interesting to have him, like, you know, pitted against somebody who's actually, like, in terms of physical prowess. Oh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A okay. capable, you know, opponent like, uh, like you know, Cassian was mm-hmm. in two. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of holding out hope that Cassian shows up Comes in back, three still here. with the knife stuck in his chest. Yeah. Like, I won't die if I don't take it out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, that would be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ruby Rose didn't really do much for me in chapter two. Um, as far her character was just pretty bland too. She was it, cool. I heard. Just, uh, I listened to a Empire she, podcast review of John Wick Two, where mm-hmm. they talked to uh, the director, mm-hmm. and apparently there was um, dialogue written for that character mm. through the whole script. She went back and forth with Wick and the whole nine yards, and um, they kind of at the last minute decided to make her. 
not speak mm-hmm. at all and would use like little bits of like sign language and this and that. I forget the reason behind it. I, I don't know if it was because like the dialogue ended up sounding just a little bit too much like yeah, that kind of dialogue. Sure. Between yeah, two it was assassins. just more like hitman quips, you yeah, kind of dialogue which we've got enough of yeah, throughout the movie. Right. And I think it also sort of like solidifies him and Cassian's back and forth for however much you know, it, it it goes, um, but um, yeah, her character had like a bunch of dialogue, and then they okay. just like took it out and stuff. So yeah, she you know she just reads. I mean, she doesn't get a lot of screen time. No. she reads a little bit bland, and uh, you know she does bring some like when they finally do get their like one on one fight at the end, she does bring some like pretty decent intensity to yeah yeah you know to that scene, and especially like you know because that's the other thing too is like just in terms of like physical matchup. All right. She just doesn't look that imposing, you mm-hmm. know, especially when her and like, John, sure, she might be like an excellent marksman, but when they get into like a fist fight at the end, you're like, come on, he's going to tear this girl apart, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, I did like the part though where he, he takes her knife and he like tries to stab her and it just goes through her hand, mm-hmm. but yet she's still like pushing yeah. back. It's not just like, I'm crippled or I'm done now, right. you know, it's, yeah. it is literally. No, they, did, they did a good job making her tough, but yeah. at the same time, it still just felt like she doesn't stand a chance, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. we've seen this guy literally like perform <laughs> miracles, you <Right>. know? <laughs> And like you know, no matter how tough this girl is, just the the sheer like mass yeah. disparity right, is right, going right, right. to result in a loss for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, John Wick three is coming out, so yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I can assume right, who's exactly. going to come out victorious here. But yeah. um, um, Angelica Houston is in this yeah, movie, no, which is really cool. awesome. Yeah, I like that piece of casting. Yeah, um, there's there have been some nice like little bits of casting. I in, did in these I did want to I did want to yeah the Franco say, Nero thing really yeah they really do a good job at like um, it doesn't feel like stunt casting like it feels mm-hmm. wrong to call it stunt casting like how you know you get you know Ryan Reynolds to show up as like a person standing in line at McDonald's. You know, right, everyone's like, right. oh my God, it's yeah. McDonald's. It's, it's like Daniel Craig is a stormtrooper. Yeah, shit like, like that. that. Yeah. It's like these people, there's, it's like, oh yeah, dude, like fucking Angelica Houston. But then there's a weight that Angelica Houston like carries mm-hmm. as well into like whatever character she's going to be in. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like playing up her, you know, position as like cinematic royalty as yes. like carrying that into her position within this world where it's right. like, it's easy for us to imagine her being, yeah. you know, at the high table. Because right. <laughs> the way we know her is like a person at the high table. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's, yeah, got a little metatextual component to it again, you know, and fitting with this, like these guys really do know their film history and like, you mm-hmm. know, what they're, the medium they're working in and like yeah. the, the world they're working in. So um, that was another just nice little yeah casting touch that was like, Oh yeah, no, again, imme- like you immediately, you just see it's Angelica Houston. You're like, I totally buy her being a member of the high table. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's never a question <laughs> right off the bat. I wonder if she is, um, well, so, you know, Santino and Gianna, they, you know, talk about their father cause it's the father that wills, his seat at the high yeah. table too. Oh yeah. So who gets Santino's seat now? Right. And yeah. I wonder if there's never any talk about their mother. So I wonder if Angelica Houston is their mother. Oh, okay. And I wonder if there's some sort of relationship between her and John that makes that scene between right. him and Winston because yeah. Gianna talks about them being and John's friends. like, Hey, I killed both yeah. your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were kind of. To be fair, one was at the request of the other, and then you know, there's a lot. She's like, no, 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 trust me, they were huge pieces of shit. Well, the daughter seemed cool. I yeah yeah Yeah, I like. She went along with it. She's like, no, I'll just kill myself. Yeah, you can shoot my corpse in the head. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, 
Lawrence Fishburne is back as the Bowery King. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> so the the whole like you know Matrix connection yeah. with these movies is just really funny. It I is. mean, it, at a certain point, like they're obviously playing into it because they even have this this scene in the trailer for three where he's like guns, lots of guns. Right. You know, that's I mean that's straight out straight of the Matrix, the Matrix. But yeah, with him basically being the one right. in these movies, <laughs> yeah, he can right. defy all the laws of <laughs> physics and yeah. you know. Um and then yeah, and then even Lawrence Fishburne's character is kind of a Morpheus-esque. A little bit, He's yeah. He's like this all-knowing, all-seeing, you know, behind-the-scenes guy who has this, like, invisible network, yeah. you know, spread throughout the city that feeds him all this information through low-tech means. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's Through just, homeless people and pigeons. Yeah. yeah. There's, you know, <laughs> putting SIM cards in little pigeon pockets and stuff. Another just, like, weird, antiquated thing that's kind of like... So good. Okay, I, yeah. Feel like there's a better way to do this, <laughs> whatever, guys. Um, and uh, yeah, no, there's just there's a lot of it's it's obviously very you know um, intentional and like yeah. self-referential. I think these guys did a bunch of the stunt work for mm-hmm. the Matrix movies. Yeah, they were. The, I think the they director. were the main guys. Yeah. I think they were the main guys. Yeah, but yeah, it's just weird how many you know. At a certain point, I'm like wondering more just because of like how far off the deep end two seemed from one. Yeah, you know, I remember watching two when the whole Blood Oath came thing came in. It was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. This is not what <laughs> I in any way was led to believe like these movies were going to be. Like uh-huh. if they are going to make another kind of giant leap with three. Okay. That just takes us finally into the realm of like we're living in a construct. That's why everyone's an assassin. Yeah, you know, right, right, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I do. I will um, agree with you that like while I liked the while I liked the idea of a blood oath in number two, mm-hmm. like I liked that whole thing. I I hope it's not like just a crutch to lean on in three, where mm-hmm. it's like you know, like I remember when we watched uh, the Last Jedi. And like I remember, one of your criticisms was like, now we're just creating powers for for Jedi and mm. Sith, and you know, with the Force projection at the end, right? right? Yeah. And I think that's that's one thing I can uh, say about number three is that I hope that you know the mythology that's created for this world like n- naturally grows in some sort of way with like Angelica Houston's character or the Bowery King or whatever. But I hope it's not just sort of like, well, here's a marker that trumps this marker because sure. I have this marker, right? And Fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, that could be something that is a little, like, touchy. So I hope it doesn't... Well, (laughs) actually, it takes four platinum markers to counteract three gold markers. So you're going to have to, you know, secure the commitment of the high table member who has (laughs) the other two platinum markers, which is Angelica Houston. It's going to turn into, you know, fucking Phantom Menace again. Exactly. in, you know, negotiating like and the separatist trade still embargoes. has yeah. the yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! I do want a T-shirt though. I when I was watching number two last night of uh, a quote from Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> that to me is the greatest thing I forgot that I ever heard. Yeah, which is when uh, he asks his buddy on the roof, he's just like, "How much is it up to now?" And the homeless guy like does like seven <laughs> with his hands and he's like seven million dollars he goes woo he's like we're going to applebee's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, goes, well he goes he goes like woo like really loud into like you know the new york sky and he's just and he just looks at everybody and he's just like it's christmas time y'all we're going to applebee's after this <laughs> yes. and i was like god damn it that this movie just wins because of that line alone. I was it's like, "Christmas time, yeah." We go to Applebee's after this. I was like, "Damn, dude, 
I immediately wanted to like get, get some my riblets. Com- get, I wanted to get my computer and just be like, did Applebee's have a John Wick two connection or <laughs> something going on that I didn't know Is about? Applebee's even still around? Because I, <laughs> as I almost text our our movie thread to say like, guys, we're going to Applebee's after mm-hmm. John Wick three. Oh man, that'd be great. I mean, yeah. Oh, can we? Where the fuck is there an Applebee's? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't even know. Um, we're gonna end up driving out to like Schaumburg. Yeah. <laughs> after the movie, one of the greatest quotes ever. Yeah, no, fantastic. that was. I laughed out loud. I, I was. I actually started laughing because I had totally forgotten I about f- that line too. It completely catches you off guard. So I'm hoping for some good Bowery King quotes. Yeah, that this, one. That this, was pretty nice. This go around. <laughs> um. But uh, overall, though, I think it's safe to say we're pretty excited about yeah, number three. Oh yeah, no, pumped about it. Looking Can't forward wait to, to see, see it. this movie. It um, looks awesome. We're gonna Beautiful. Go I mean, it looked the cinematography, just like location choices and stuff like that, too. Just all looks really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, it does, looks like they've done a really nice job of continuing that. You know, again, that's it, like as many issues as I have with the world building. It's like the you know the visual aesthetic that they create is compelling and it is interesting. Yeah. I just wish it stood up to like some sort of logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, um, but you know, it does make for some really nice settings for some really insane action scenes. It helps when you have something so. pretty to look at while blood is flying everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. It's like another reason the catacombs is a little bit of it. It's just sort of like dark <laughs> catacomby. Cool. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> How neat. Exactly. That's also kind of like a, you know, being a, somebody who's played video games for a long time, too. Oh, it's okay. like anytime we're in caves, it's yeah. just immediately a huge turnoff for me because it's like, that's always been a big. I just want to get out of this cave. It's been a big crutch for video games for a long time, too. It's okay. just like dark brown environments, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just like, seriously, I got to like just walk through caves again. Yeah. You know, and it's always this type of bullshit where like, oh, you don't have a map and you've just got this little torch. So you got to like figure your way mm-hmm. out, you know, and it's like, okay, this is, this mechanic was overdone like 20 years ago, right, you know, and we're right. still doing this. Um, desert sequences in video games also notoriously bad uh. for having like, you know, You'll go off in this one direction if you don't follow the like whatever the puzzle is for how you get to navigate your way out of this yeah. desert. You just end up like in loops, right? You know, and it's like there's mirages, and it's just all the same old bag <laughs> of tricks over and over again. And like I can just see that happening. And nine times out of you ten, know. there's usually a cave underneath that. Desert. Exa- yep, yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> but yeah, so like caves just fail to excite me yeah. on that level as far as like a setting for an action scene. Okay, so there's another element there, but yeah. you know this this one being it looks like this whole movie. Or at least what they've shown of it, like, is all in New York. Yeah, that's and what it feels I would like. actually prefer that, like, we well, except for obviously we go to a desert, desert. at some point. Yeah, but I would prefer that sort of like urban environment. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah, nighttime, fucking neon. Because I don't see Halle, fight scene look. I don't see Halle Berry in any of the city stuff. It looks like that scene where she, like the two dogs are attacking people. And that still stuff feels to me like the desert for some reason. Yeah, that still feels to me like a, maybe a town or something in the desert. Yeah, or whatever, like a you know, warehouse something. offsite facility. Yeah. yeah, it's just because not that I'm where trying they to create the you know maybe she runs the factory where they make the markers and that's <laughs> <laughs> like, I got to burn it all down. I got to stop the markers from even being produced. And nobody else is you know faded to this life. I just look at what she's. Uh, I look at what she's wearing and like the what I assume is her home that John walks into before yeah. she shoots him. And I, I look at the, uh, you know, the costume design and the set design and also the sequence where the dogs are, she orders the dogs to like run and like bite yeah. that dude in the crotch and shit. Like, um, I'm not trying to be like, um, stereo. I'm not trying to stereotype here, but there's a lot of rugs mm-hmm. <laughs> around. 
And I'm going to assume if they're in a desert, they're in, you know, it has to be somewhere, you know, where there's a particular type of culture, yeah, you know, right. that's there. And so, like... Yeah, you're going to have some fucking rugs around. Yeah, you're going to have, like, a lot of rugs, and it just it just se- sort of seems like the, the, the setting seems draped in that kind of, like, you know... Uh, production design totally. for that for okay. like a for like a desert setting yeah and right. so that's where i that's where i feel like in that particular scene in the trailer it's it's still the desert mm-hmm. but the scenes where like it's where we're in new york it's just him and i don't see her in any of them yeah no. so i wonder like you know yo if, if this desert is like our like finale it better be a fucking bomb ass desert finale yeah because <laughs> i don't <laughs> no. think you go and get halle berry for nothing yeah no i would hope not yeah no so um, as I was driving over here, I thought to myself that while I would really love to be like a member of this society, mm-hmm. like an assassin, I thought to myself, I would really love to be a person that John Wick comes after. Oh yeah. Like you want to die? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just want to like, I thought to myself, like if Dorian was like, all right, I'm going to do John Wick four. And I, if I was going to go to Dorian and be like, let me play somebody, I would, I would be like. Let me play a dude that like is just fucking scared. Yeah. Like I will go to acting <laughs> classes. I will I will do anything I can to prove to you that I can shit my pants on screen as John Wick is coming after me. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It just felt good to me. I was like, not that it's easy to like throw a suit on and, you know, walk around and, you know, be be the uh, you know, spit the uh, spit the dialogue that's like very cool and slick and everything, but Watching him go after, uh, I don't know what the actor's name is, but in Game of Thrones, he's Theon, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alfie Allen. Alfie Allen. Yeah. Watching him go after Alfie Allen and like just seeing Alfie Allen, I was like, I kind of want to be this dude. Yeah. Like, that's just like <laughs> fucking scared out of that's, his mind. As he's like wrapping his leg around your neck and pulling <laughs> yeah. the gun around to the back of your head, you're yeah. just like, this is so this is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope Dorian's getting this. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> and it's done. Um. But yes, we are seeing John Wick next week, Saturday. Yep. And uh, who knows if it's good enough? Maybe we'll do a little follow-up. Yeah. Talk about it. I hope so. And uh, yeah, we'll get down to the business of the Continental and the entire John Wick universe. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Damn, Skippy. Uh, no, I think I covered. You got it. You covered. <laughs> are you good? I think I got everything off my chest. All right. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. And we'll be back next week. We will. See ya. Going Applebee's. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas, y'all.